Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Kevin and I going deep into the NBA, seeing some of the lines that are out there, some of the early movement that has happened, and if Zion is just going to set the world on fire in the way that some people are saying, like, don't be surprised if it goes down. But I do have to ask you, Kev, because, you know, another piece of this, Going into all the agreements and stuff, you talk about Kyrie Irving and other players that were very focused on the protest, on the evolutions that we have been talking about in this country after the you know senseless murder of George Floyd and other African Americans at the hands of the police in this country. You know, it was definitely a big issue for players. At one point, they didn't even know if they should take the court, right? And by they, I mean. A, a fraction of players, a subset of players, thinking that this would just be kind of like making it all, oh, we're back to normal and we're now pawns for entertainment as opposed to the actual predominant issue that should be the focus. Remember, you and I discussed that maybe it is the focus in this country in such a diverse way because we were in a pandemic and you had to notice, right? Well, as we start to return to normal and there's entertainment back on TV, there were some players that thought it might dilute the message, but that's not what's going on, right, Kev? And a lot of things are going to be out there to make sure that uh, the spirit of these protests and the kind of movement that is happening continues to be front and center in the NBA. Yeah, uh, this is... It's a really great thing to see them come together. I wonder if the idea was inspired some by what we saw in the Premier League, where they yeah. had the back of their jerseys say Black Lives Matter for the entire opening uh, week of their games. Yeah. And that's great. We've talked about the benefit of not being first, as you get to see in a, for a number of different aspects, sure. how other leagues are handling situations here. I think the customization aspect of it, um, they said that way it can go to a social cause, you know, yeah, so or talk about a chatter a bit more because right in the Premier League, it literally said on the names of the jerseys, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. I think since they've moved it to be like different patches on the jersey out there in Europe. But and you got it from our guy Shams, right? Uh, tweeted out it's not only just like Black Lives Matter, but they're going to be able to have some freedom and choice and flexibility on how they like to use the platform that is their jersey. Yeah, th these are going to be personalized. So that's and that almost you could argue is is even more powerful. Right. The idea that, you know, it'll it'll be personal to the guy. Right. Like no one is going to look at this and say, oh, do they want that back there? But it's and it's also good because, you know, they've also mentioned that they could potentially do something for charitable purposes. Right. Sure. Like something that came to my mind is. You know, like people will always say stand up to cancer. We could see someone put that like there's a lot of things that they're going to be able to broach. You know, Kev, um, there's a week in the NFL where all the players can do that with their cleats. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and different players represent different causes or charities or foundations that they do work with in their communities. And it may it may sort of wind up playing like that. Right. Not only for, say, Black Lives Matter, but for whatever cause uh, someone really wants to help put out there and amplify with their platform. Right. And that's the thing. They'll be provided that opportunity because you would have to expect after, you know, those first round of games. Oh, what, what's the you know, what's on the back of your jersey mean? Yeah. But also um, to be in front of them. March A. Spears from ESPN, you know, also kind of did a write up on this talking about some of the things that could potentially say on the back. Uh, mentioned Black Lives Matter. Mentioned it could they could write I can't breathe. Um, they're all they are, now. I don't know if these were his suggestions or things that he's hearing from people, but also just the idea of potentially putting George Floyd or Breonna Taylor's name on the That's back of those jerseys. Huh. And I, I have to say, that was one of those things. Like just to even see the idea of it, like wow. I, I was like, it took me back. I was like, wow, right. that is. I don't know, and maybe I am. Maybe I like sports too much to find that to be overly powerful. But for me, it feels powerful. Like that feels I like a like a deep breath kind of thing that when you see, uh, right. and I just think that this is what, you know, it'd be know, very interesting if one team, right. 
On one jersey, it says George Floyd. On another, it says Breonna Taylor. On another, it says Eric Garner. On another, you know, like literally all of these names because we know their names and you could put it out there. I, I think that's, let me ask you this though. Because, mm. you know, there's some freedom here, right? Sure. What if in the state of Colorado, <laughs> Jamal Murray wants to put on his jersey legalized marijuana? Is he allowed to do that? So the one thing is, this isn't like finalized I, like, yet. I don't know the answer to this question. Right. We, this isn't a finalized thing yet, right? Legalized gay marriage on my jersey. Why not? Me I, I, on my jersey. Why not? And that's the, And I think that's why they realized they wanted to open this up to provide everybody. Now, again, I don't think you're going to see a situation here where people are going to be allowed to take it as a joke, right? Like, oh, I, 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 I don't know. No, no. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying the things that you're okay. saying are a joke. I'm saying people who are like esports matter. Like, I, you're not going to see like no, I, just, that's not, yeah, I hear you. I'm not but saying you're suggesting like that. legalize marijuana. Um, you know, things like, um, you know, uh, love whoever you want. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, like I, I, I will say I think that's going to be a, a, a conversation that's had probably amongst players a lot. The Again, so this is not agreed upon yet to Fair. allow customization. And potentially Fair. this is why they're, they're going to want a full submission of what's going to be what. But, you you know, there could also be a conversation amongst players where, look, maybe some guy has a message, but also other guys might be, listen, I get that. I support you. Talk about it. But we don't want to cloud this with too many different directions. We're trying to keep it on a centralized topic. We could see that. The one if you thing that I these protests out there, though, you know, Kev, it's about say police brutality and George Floyd. But then everybody gets on the gravy train, and there's a lot of uh, causes, shall we say, when like-minded people get together, you know, and start to kind of advocate for it. So it's definitely something we're gonna keep our eye on, and I think it's very interesting how broad it goes. Is something that I would really like to see, and how it is received by the powers that. Be. And you know something, though, Kev? We always talk about, like, being out there first. We see what happened in the Premier League, right? But, and I even talk about American team sports to return. There is an American team sport that has returned. And it's women's soccer, Kev. All right? Uh, the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, they have come out and no, you know, they are not being uh, left out here. OK, they are like kneeling in unison um, for the national anthem. I know U.S. soccer has come out and said it's OK to kneel. Remember, Megan Rapino, uh, famously for the U.S. women's soccer team, did actually kneel. Um, and so this is a this is an example. Kev. We say we're going to follow the tea leaves, follow the blueprint. Well, women's soccer out here in this country, I saw it on TV this past weekend. They're kneeling. They're pushing the boundaries as well. Yeah, so the uh, North Carolina Courage and the Portland Thorns, yeah. uh, all players and reserve players took a knee during the national anthem. They all wore Black Lives Matter shirts over their jerseys during the anthem, as well as Black Lives Matter's armbands during the game. And they released a joint statement um, players from both teams. Yeah. And it, uh, I'll read it to you because I, I think it's really, really well said. Okay. Uh, they wrote, we took a knee today to protest racial injustice, police brutality, and systemic racism against black people and people of color in America. We love our country and we have taken this opportunity to hold it to a higher standard. It is our duty to demand that the liberties and freedoms this nation was founded upon are extended to everyone. I tell you what, Dane, I don't, I don't know if you could say it any better than that. Yeah, clear, concise, something that people can get behind. Yeah, I mean, listen, Kev, we've had this conversation a lot over the last couple of weeks, last month, and I think we have been talking about it as the right side of history or the wrong side of history and, you know, count the women's soccer teams in the NWSL, or at least the two that led this weekend, you know, among the same. And one of the things that you just said in that quote, Kev, was the idea of we need to be at a higher standard, right? Mm -hmm. That the standard that has been out there for a while just cannot be ignored because it is too low. And one of the other places that we have been talking about this, Kev, 
is uh, in the NCAA with the Confederate flag. The Confederate flag, the statues that are out there, regardless of whatever executive orders that Agent Orange wants to sign, we continue to have this out here. Right. And the Confederate flag in some states, the NCAA came out and banned it. They're not going to work really with Mississippi for big events. Then we talked about running back for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Kylan Hill, last week. And I, you know, I led with what I thought that this kid was out there. I thought the unfortunate part that I feared would be, you know, how for NASCAR and Bubba, everyone rushed to stand with Bubba. And I was worried that there would not be this rush to stand with Kylan Hill. But challenge answered, in my opinion, okay? Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, something like 46 coaches across eight universities in the state of Mississippi went out and last week, late last week, in essence, to like lobby the state government, right? And we talk about this sometimes that a lot of times the highest paid state employees are the damn football coach. Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach moved the needle. I was calling out Dak Prescott to kind of add his, you know, uh, high prestigious voice to this. But it looks like the coaches are doing this. And Kylan Hill is starting to uh, be received as an agent of change in this conversation. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So this is legitimately passed through state legislation. This is the Mississippi state government. And it's legitimate. It's been approved for them to remove the Confederate uh, emblem from the state flag. Like, that's not a small feat. And it's not something like the SEC tried to have this conversation with the state of Mississippi previously, and it was no dice. Right. And and we talked about as well how um, conferences said they will not be holding events in states Right. That show the Confederate flag. And I remember you pointed out saying, well, Mississippi, they're looking at you. Um, they're the only one. The thing for me for, for what happened here with Kylan Hill is so incredible, man. And it, it makes me so happy to see because everybody views Kylan Hill, rightfully so. You know, people are like, oh, this guy's a hero. I mean, this is amazing what this kid did. And they are right. He was the one willing to take a stand. He was right. the one who was able to say, I was the third he went on to an island by himself in the SEC. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to prove a point. I ain't showing up if you guys don't fix this. And people listen. And you're now talking about change. This isn't just about college athletes. This is now for everybody in the entire state. Like, everybody in the entire state. That's so incredible to me. It, it It is so good to see that type of change. I will still tell you that. This doesn't happen without other people supporting right. him. Yes. Those coaches making those coaches gestures. needed to go to the state legislator. That's what I was saying before, right? The idea of it's great and all when it was just him. But I feared he was going to be on an island by himself. And then the fact that others came in to kind of build that solidarity, you know, there's safety in numbers. And that's how progressive, that's how change begins to happen. And so... Listen, this tidal wave is coming, Kev, and you need to move or get, you know, or get out the way or get down with it. That is becoming very clear. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back here, the early line on Sports Grid, giving you the edge, teaching you how to fish. Kevin and I, bright and early on a Monday as we turn the page to July. Kev, can you believe this? Like, I feel like we've been in quarantine and Groundhog Day for the last three or four months, but you know, NBA, we've got games on the horizon. Major League Baseball has an agreement next week. We're going to start to see MLS is back. Women's soccer is already back. But I got to tell you something. We talked about Kylan Hill and my fear that he was out there on an island. There's an island out there that I have been waiting (laughs) to see for like months Right. Ever since UFC 249 was going to go off in California and then Governor Gavin Newsom was like, no, we can't go here. They moved to Florida. They moved to Vegas. We have been hearing, Kev, about this like weird fantasy, this fight island, you know, and it's been very interesting. I almost uh, liken it to like, what was that, Fire Festival? You know, it was going to be this kind of mysterious, sexy 
fun thing, <laughs> right? And now Dana White is out there. We bought an island. We realized that it was out there in the UAE, right? Out there by Dubai. We know where the island is. And Kevin, I believe that the next card, I slated for, I think, the weekend of July 11th, which is only two weeks away, is going to be on Fight Island, Kev. What do we got? Yeah, so we got a, a photo posted by Dana White. Yes. Of a Yaz Island, he's you know he writes Fight Island, baby, and uh, it's, it's one like of the these sizzle hype videos. I swear for like Fire Festival, you that's, know. <laughs> that's the problem street. to me though. Like, it's a great, it's a great Instagram post, right? Sell, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, double tap that looks great view. That's right. Like Ja Rule on a jet ski with some you know Instagram models. Like, I want to check this out. The same way they're building the octagon. I'm like, ooh, but what do we think, Kev? Well, my thing is. Like, what are they going to do in terms of, like, air conditioning? Like, are they building a whole... I'm serious. Yeah, if July you think, in that region is not easy. I, I'm with you. There are, if I believe, three championship fights on... Yes, there are three championship fights on that first card, that July 11th show. That means that's, you know, three fights that can go five full rounds. Right. If you're out there, no central air... Like pretty like on on this island, I have to think it is going to be sweltering hot. Like or the like yeah. to try and catch your air, that's legitimately like concerning to and me. This is big time fights, right, Kev? I mean, I think we're talking about Jan Aldo for that like vacant uh, bantamweight. I think it was, and we know there's no shortage of contenders there. We're talking about Usman and Burns, yeah. right? As a huge fight, the women get going as well with Namawanas on the card, potentially. And then, listen, Max Holloway and Volkanovski, that's another huge-time fight. Like, those are four fights that, as a casual UFC fan, I'm into, and I think all of them are on this card. Yeah, the the card is stacked. I mean, they always go big on their on their, on this July card. They've okay. made no exception here. But I'm just like you don't want it to. You see people fatigued, and it kind of mess with the fights. But look, I'm sure we're gonna get a good view of this thing before those fights oh, yeah. go off, and I'm sure we'll be able to figure out if they don't fix the air conditioning. Which I guess you know maybe leave it up to me, right, to be this worried about air conditioning. But like, <laughs> if they don't, then I guess we can start to try and put that into the betting analysis when we get there on the day. We've seen this before. No, haven't we seen, for example, outdoors in Brazil in the summertime, Kevin, the UFC? Haven't we seen outdoors in Vegas in the summertime? Like even, you know, I got to go back to it. Woo! I saw a WrestleMania outdoors, you know, in Vegas before. Like, I hear you. And that is a very interesting thing. But I do believe the UFC has been in this context before, no? I'm just saying Yaz Island, okay? Right. Brazil, I've, I, I've seen it happen in Brazil, Kev. On it's a, not like it's not steamy and humid and hot also. I'm just saying, on Yaz Island, okay? All right. On, 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 on the Monday we have here, they're ex expecting a high of 104 and a yeah. low of 85, okay? Ooh, a brisk 85 when do we Do you get wait. what I'm saying? Like, I do, that's my I thing. do. I do just you, wonder, you, like, I don't know how out of the norm it is for these guys. You're right. I ain't going to want to be there chilling. I'll watch it on TV. <laughs> Absolutely. We also, by the way, Kev, we had a big time. We had a card over the weekend yeah. that you know we thought maybe wasn't as big names. But I'll tell you something. I saw that main event, and they were they were going at it. They were knocking each other's blocks off. I know you had a picture that you saw on social media of Poirier after the fight, like getting loaded into an ambulance. And that was the winner of the fight, Kev. Yeah, that's that's you gotta love stuff like that, right? Right. That's and it's like it's like, oh, that guy must have took a beat and good to see he's okay. Oh, that guy won. Right. That was the winner. That's oh like back goodness. in the day, you always be like, I'd hate to see the other guy, kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Well, really, but and but it like is true. Like I really don't like I'm good on the Dan Hooker right. photo, right? He must look a mess. But this it was a it was a fight of the year contender, and it was two top five guys going in the most popular division in the sport. And they 1,000% delivered, especially Dustin Poirier. He was down really two rounds to zero. down two to one. I was watching it, and I'm playing poker on, you know, on Saturday night with my boys. And with some of them watching, I'm like, 
I think black shorts, though. I like black shorts coming back <laughs> here. He looks better. He looks quicker still. But you're right. He was down like 2-1. You know, they have like the tweets after each round. There was a lot of people being like, this is close. I think. I'm not sure. But then I do think Poirier won rounds four and five to ultimately take it home. Yeah, he, he, he did the job. And, you know, he talks about it on the buildup to this fight. He, you know, he was interim champion. He had a chance to fight for that top belt against Khabib. Um, you know, Khabib looked the better fighter, but there was a guillotine attempt that some people feel Poirier should have been able to lock in and maybe come away as, you know, actually beating Khabib Nurmagomedov. So he wants to get back to that picture. And, and that's the goal for him. He had a tough battle here against Hooker uh, to try and get him back on that path. But especially a fight like that, like those are the type of fights though, that put you in such good standing with this company. Right. Because if you deliver now, again, so many people saw this fight. It was on ESPN, not ESPN Plus. Yeah. ESPN, it was Regular on TV. ESPN. Fight of the year, high-ranked guy. People are going to be excited for that next Dustin Poirier fight. So, and you, see, you know, it's funny. You talk about the excitement for Poirier and, like, what's next for Poirier, right? Well, while he was, like, in an ambulance or in the hospital, there are already people tweeting out trying to figure out what was next for Poirier, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned Khabib. Uh, there's talk about Connor. There's talk about Tony Ferguson. Those names. Maybe, you know, what's up with your boy Sugar Show, you know, in there as well? You know, remember, off of the big 250 card, I believe, there was no shortage of emerging stars in this division. You also know about some of the big-time names like Connor like Khabib, you know, Ariel Hawani was out there being like, Tony Ferguson next? <laughs> and it's like, bro, like, chill out. Uh, you know, let me get through this one and recover for this one, which I thought was funny. But to your point, this is how stars are made, right? With all eyes on them delivering in an exciting fight and getting the job done. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious that he just told Ariel, like, hey, chill, relax, please. Right? I get it, but like, <laughs> let it be. And actually, in his post-fight interview to me, he looked, you know, he the way he was talking, he made it seem like, you know, John Attic was like, oh, when are you going to fight next? He goes, not sure, maybe end of the year, maybe next year. He goes, like, I just want to get home, be with my family, and, and kind of go yeah. from there. And I think it's one of those things. Poirier is at a level where he knows his position is secured, and right. it's a kind of let the chips fall where they may type of situation. Here's the thing with Dustin Poirier. So he's already fought Khabib. He lost to Khabib. He fought Justin Gaethje. He beat Justin Gaethje. Now, you know, huh. he caught Justin Gaethje. He knocked out Justin Gaethje. He's never fought Tony Ferguson, who's currently the second guy in that division. We saw Tony get banged up by Justin Gaethje. Yeah. But it's Tony Ferguson. He wants back. Conor McGregor, I'll just say this. This is something that not a lot of people tend to remember when they're out there saying that McGregor's a joke and he's not beating anybody and they're exposing themselves for just people who dislike Conor McGregor. He's fought Dustin Poirier. It was at 145. It was back in 2014, but he knocked him out in under two minutes. Hmm. I'm just not sh like that's not the the fight that gets McGregor back in the cage sooner. Right. But this is it's the most popular division with McGregor, with Khabib, with Gaethje, Poirier, both two of the lockout UFC stars. Would you say, Dane? Probably yeah. right. Two of the yeah. guys that really grabbed. I saw good some fantastic knockouts when that division was spotlighted last time around. Yeah. So really like. They, they got themselves a, a nice boost here. And I think Poirier-Ferguson works, though. We've not seen that fight. Tony is not going to have to get moved down that far, losing to now the interim champion. I think him versus Poirier makes a lot of sense. I think McGregor versus the winner of Khabib Gaethje makes a lot of sense. And yes, I don't think he's retired. You just can't, like, until, until he's actually retired... I'm not going to buy that he's retired. Of course. Until he's retired and doesn't come back for 18 months, then I Even will still. believe 24 months maybe. Yeah. Like <laughs> so listen. I'm just going to need him to be like 45 for me not to believe it. Fair. Whatever it is. You know, we remember we had a little bit of a laugh with Daniel Cormier on uh, commentary and people listening to that. Yes. You know, I wanted to ask you about that. But you also just mentioned Poirier – like, listen, I want to spend some time with my family. There was one fight last night where you got to do both. You got to fight and spend time in your family. A very interesting way to make sure you reduce the spread. You just bring your cut person in that you've been quarantined with the whole damn time. Right, Kev? Mike Perry's a wild dude. And that's the only way to describe him. He had a, he was in the co-main event against Mickey Gall. Uh, he opted for no 
um, traditional I- corner. Uh, he had his girlfriend with him, um, you know, and she, you know it was it was kind of funny just to see her in the middle of between rounds, doing great, baby, keep it going. Like, <laughs> you know, he had this whole thing where he's like, he's like, look, I'm tired of coaches. He goes, they're not the ones in there. I don't trust them enough. They're throwing me off. They're telling me to do this. It doesn't like it was just kind of this anti-coach thing. And I guess yeah. he wanted to make a statement. He certainly did that. He looked wonderful against Mickey Gall. Now he did post-fight say that he's going to go out there and look to go and actually link up with some people, get some coaches. But he clearly just has to find somebody that he respects. He did say, though, he goes, look, I got two empty spots. It's going to take a hell of a person to replace my baby, which, again, I just thought was – it was crazy, man. It was one of those things. Like, you couldn't convince me he was not going to lose the fight. But, look, he put the work in. He looked great doing it. Mike Perry is – he's wild. I hear you. Listen, sometimes when I'm not, like, in an octagon, but even, like – bowling with my friends or playing golf with my friends. I don't need everyone's advice on so you know on it all the time. Just let me yeah. figure it out. You did, however, chuckle when I mentioned DC on commentary again. We only got about a minute left in this segment. Tell me what's going on, brother. What happened was uh Hooker hit Poirier in the cup once, did it again twice. Bisbing's like, oh that's twice he's gotta be careful. And Poirier in the middle of the fight, like because they didn't really stop it because it got the cup and it wasn't something that had to stop it. He goes he goes, come on, dude, listen to Bisbing. While they're still throwing, like they're <laughs> still going. And he's like, come on, dude, just listen to Bisbing. And they started laughing. Bisbing's like, I always liked that Poirier. That's a good guy. He knows what he's talking about. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So remember, a new normal on many different ways. We will keep the fun and functional sports content going right after these messages here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're watching SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on Sports Grid. Kevin and I turn our attention now to the NFL. No, we do not have a full-on roster reset. We'll get you caught up on all the happenings, uh, you know, a little bit more tomorrow. But, Kev, we've been talking, you know, we looked at the early NBA lines, and we've been talking about big-time movement. We've been talking about some things that we just find as weird. You know, and off a little bit. And the biggest thing is this idea of no home court advantage in the NBA. But we've been talking about the NFL in the same kind of way. And I thought it'd be really interesting if we look at some of these week one lines and where there's an impact, right? Like maybe they're hanging the wrong number. Maybe they aren't considering the idea of no fans in the stands. Remember, we looked at Major League Baseball winning percentages and totals before, say, um, knowing the divisions and the schedules and some of the, the context and thought we could get ahead of it. In the NFL, it's the same thing because, Kev, also, one of the things we're hearing, right, is that state by state, we may have different kind of limits for fans, different capacities. Now, I I understand that probably the best way to consider it is every single player in the NFL, every single player in the NBA, every single player in Major League Baseball is listed as questionable, <laughs> right? For fear <laughs> of COVID, you know? Like, you know how in the NHL, it's like out upper body injury, you know? I literally think everyone in the entire NFL, in the entire NBA, could be on the list as questionable, you know, at risk for COVID. But I digress. When you take that injury part of it out, I want to ask you on its face, before we dive on in, this idea of no fans, yeah. Um in the stands or 25% fans or 50% fans. Like you and I both know, usually it is three points, right? Mm-hmm. If there's 50% capacity, what does that mean? Is the home team getting a point and a half? Like, I honestly don't know, right? How are they going to treat this? Before we dive in, what do you think? Like, how is the books going to adjust for this? Are they going to take away the three points for the home team? Are they going to move it down? Are they going to... Kind of like, and, and what do you think about totals also? Like, are we going to yeah. lean under because oh, wow, yeah. players are going to get hurt? 
Are we going to lean over because, you know, the entire secondary can go down? Like, what are you like? What are going to be your rules of thumb? I know you don't like betting futures as much because of the uncertainty. Sure. But how, if any way, would you try to get ahead of some of these lines? First glance, from what you just said there on a total, yeah. maybe overs because offensive communication are ahead will of it. be impaired. Just because right. now with the late game scenario, we can hear. Maybe. Um Right. Now, the, the question, though, about the capacity, right, because it's three points for, for a home team. But is it three points for a crowd? Is it one point for travel, one point for fans, one point for variance? Like, I don't know how that works. And the other thing is, what you're alluding to, is the idea that in some places it might be 25, in other places it might be zero. Yep. In New York, maybe it's 75%. And it may be different week three, right? When I come to your house for a divisional matchup and then week 14, when you come to my house, we could be in a completely different context, right? Where when I come to you, there's no fans, but a month and a half later, you can come to my place and because of a changing curve or the state officials that I have, all of a sudden there could be butts in seats chanting and cheering and making you have to go to the silent count. And also let's just say, right? Because the Giants are home right, in their opening week, right, and the way sure. New York's going, they offer you 75% capacity, right? Sure. Steelers fans aren't going to flood that building. They're not going to do everything they can to get into that wait, building wait, to watch their team play. on a list that you can't get into New Jersey because you're I don't know how that there. works, though. Right. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think there's cops on the George Watching Pittsburgh Bridge. license plates? That's why we are in this uncertain way. So here's what I want to tell you, okay? As I look at the week one lines, yeah. all right? You know the key. Well, for anybody who doesn't know here watching Sports Grid, here's another way to give you the edge, okay? Kevin, we know in football, the key numbers, right, are three and seven. Okay. I believe right now, Kev, that these lines that are up with our partners at FanDuel for week one are under, like, normal assumptions, Okay. Nice. That's what I believe they are, right? So I'm intrigued by examples where if the three points for the home team gives you a spread that happens to just cross over a key number, happens to just cross over three, happens to just cross over seven. So for example, the Cleveland Browns go to the Baltimore Ravens in week one. Remember, Cleveland is a team, one of the few teams that beat Baltimore last year. Kev, you and I think that the Browns have a little bit of a bounce back kind of year. They may be tough, what have you, right? Now, the Ravens were the one seed, the MVP. There's going to be high energy. Our friend Ariel Epstein is going to be all geeked up for this kind of matchup, right? It's in Baltimore. So Baltimore is getting an extra three points. Kev, I look at this line and it stands right now at eight and a half, okay? So more than a touchdown. That's all you need to know. More than a touchdown. Well, if there's no fans in Baltimore, are you still laying more than a touchdown in this division matchup? Or are you going to take the eight and a half points, right? Like, remember how we looked at the primetime games and we saw which games were the fact that the road home team where it did impact our judgment? So I ask you, the fact that this, the the home field advantage crosses the touchdown key number. Is this a big deal, a little deal, or no deal at all that this number, we believe, is under the assumptions of fans in Baltimore? Man, it's a great question. It's a great question, and it's going to be case by case, right? Yeah, like, that's why I'm going to play the game. Big deal, no deal, or little deal? The way I view Baltimore, whether there's people in that building or not, I would like them in this I guess this is what I would I guess touchdown though by eight and a half. That's a that's more than a touchdown. And Cleveland is one of yeah. the few teams that beat them last year. I guess this maybe would be a perfect test example. With this current number, with fans, I might lean towards the Browns grabbing eight and a half points. Maybe it's a little much for week one, right? Okay. Okay. If there's no fans and they pull away those three points and it's a five and a half point spread, but it's still in Baltimore. I'll lay the five and a half points with the Ravens. Well, you lay eight and a half with no fans. So maybe what I'm asking is, is right. it a prudent decision 
In the same way we try to get ahead of some things, is imprudent to, in essence, take the eight and a half now, Kev. Yeah, I, I guess the problem is, right, I guess that I would still have of, like, what has to happen yeah. for FanDuel to say, sorry, we're going to refund all week one line. Because what if this game They'd happened? They'd have the same caveat up now like they used to have with 75 games in Major League Baseball. And because they don't, you almost have to say that you'd take the plus eight and a half because not only could there be no fans. You're right. Be no know in there. Be, we don't know who's going to be available. But Correct. also... But that's a, that's a thing even on both sides, okay, Kev? The three points is usually a default thing for the home team that 100%. is going to be up in the air. But if it's going to be up in the air, I might as well grab eight and a half points, right? But I'm saying. The thing is, I also would tell you it is not a 100% guarantee the game's even played in Baltimore. You can't guarantee that Fair. with the way things are. Like, right. If the state of Maryland happens to be spiking, remember, Major League Baseball okay. in it's their best. protocols, one of their bullet points is they reserve the right to relocate a franchise. Okay. And NFL, like baseball, is yeah. going with the home market travel approach mm -hmm. as opposed to the bubble approach. And we've yeah. been saying the whole time that the NFL will be able to follow the blueprint, so maybe that'll be a thing in there as well. You're right. Who's to say? Maybe this will be somewhere completely different. And let me let me, let me me ask you. Now, no? What happens if this game gets moved? Cleveland? All, right? They've, no, no, no. <laughs> like to like week 17. Right. They've talked about this idea of, We'll start sure. week four. If sure. all of a sudden they're viewing things and they're going, you know what? If we skip the first four weeks yeah. and we place, you know, four through 17, one, two, you know what I mean? Yes. When do, does this line still stand? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Get it date, now. <laughs> is the date that they have there enough of a caveat for them to say, no, 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 no. I don't week one, That's void. I think it's really interesting. And I think in a lot of these situations here, You'd be hard-pressed not to be saying, let me just grab these eight and a half points. Right. When all of the things that can go wrong would lead you to believe that they might be getting less points, especially, as you've alluded to here, all of a sudden now we're going to cross the threshold where – because that even if it's one and a half points, we and now it's seven. seven, or if it's at two points, sure. we yeah. cross seven. It's a great game. I'm this is why you're, you know, spitting statistician. All right, let's keep playing the game. I'm going to add another context. I was talking to, a, you know, you and I's colleague, um, Jared, and he gave me a trend, okay? We like sometimes these trends, uh, you know, teaching you how to fish. He said in week one, hmm. division dogs okay. with the points are coming in at about a 65% clip. Okay, so that's a big-time number. You know we like those kind of trends. This Baltimore-Cleveland matchup would fit that trend. I want to give you a couple of others to see if you think it's a big deal or no deal at all. Another division matchup, the two teams we think are going to be like kind of battling for a division, Kev, face off in week one. Green Bay and Minnesota. I think it's a very interesting line. And Kev, as soon as you bring it up, you'll know exactly why. Okay, in Minnesota also, the default is three points for the home field advantage, right? There are some places, Kev, that have huge home field advantages where the books may give three in the hook for them. And Minnesota is right on the line of one of them. Three, three in a hook. And what do you know? They are three and a half point favorites at home against the Green Bay Packers. This line is telling you that on a neutral field, they're even. And we're seeing even odds to win this division, right? They're, they're right there together. Three, three and a half points is the spread. That's the exact amount that's given for the home team in Minnesota. This is now three and the hook. Road, division dogs, all that good stuff with Jared's trend. You want to take the field goal plus the hook for the Packers right now? I mean, I think you could argue to take that field goal plus the hook now anyway with the fact that Green Bay beat them twice and you're Just getting like – Anyway. You're getting Rodgers with a field goal and a hook. That's hard to turn down. The fact that this game could be a pick em under no fans. Right. Right? Like if you're going to start – If you're going to start throwing wrenches in a plan, I'll take Rodgers to adjust over Cousins. 
Yeah, I like that as well. There are a couple of other games, so maybe big deal to you on that one. We find other big deals here because we can get ahead of it and win some money. We try and do that as we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the early line, everybody, here on SportsGrid. Kevin and I, listen, we were looking at opening lines for the NBA season, getting you excited. So I wanted to look at the week one lines because, listen, this context is so unique, Kev. And if one thing I'll bet for damn sure is we are learning more and more and more about it as we go down the path, right? So it stands to reason that the lines in the COVID pandemic are going to get sharper and sharper and sharper over time. So if we want to find some value, maybe now is the time to look. I think about these matchups in week one that are either these divisional games where you throw the records out the window, where the fans in the stands may be more loud and vile than usual, and they won't be there. We already talked about, you know, the NFC North, the Packers and the Vikings, where this is in play. It's in play. Listen, you know, the Lions are two and a half point favorites at home against the Chicago Bears. You take those three points away and it's a pick them. You know, I think we have a lot of situations like that. And I'm intrigued, Kev, by the two AFC East games. Mm. Both games in the AFC East have the home team favored by six and a half points right up against that touchdown key number. If you back that out, though, you get all the way down to a field goal. All right. So when I and I remember telling you about, you know, Jared's trend yeah. that the road division teams are coming in at around two thirds of the time in week one. So what you like better, Miami getting six and a half going to New England when maybe with no fans, it should really be three, three and a half or the Jets going to Buffalo getting six and a half where it really should be maybe three, three and a half. Cause listen, no one's going through tables outside of Buffalo in the beginning of the game. So maybe the jets are coming into a less crazy environment. Same with Miami going up to new England. Do any of these AFC East games move the needle for you, given the context of what could be a very dramatic fluctuation in point spread. This is, I mean, these Games here specifically might jump out maybe more than any others on the board, right? What are we doing with the Miami Dolphins if Florida is still a mess? Do they have right. to get to New England two weeks ahead of time? Yeah, I don't know what we're doing with that situation. Could Good New question. England have fans? Not sure. If all and this is the thing though, if, if all there's two preseason now, games and no joint practices, then yeah. two is not on the center. You know that kind of thing also with Miami. Right, and the thing with the the if the Patriots though now are only showing three points to the Dolphins, a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Give me the pass, like right, like I would think so. You're, you're right see. until they prove to defecate the mattress. But I, again, we got to ask our guy John Sheeran, you know, the trading director at FanDuel, like, sure. what are they going to do with the traditional three points? Like, it's a huge and issue here. This is so. The thing is, I I, I read up, and I believe. Um, I believe John Sheeran contributed to this piece where they were talking about how they're going to approach the NBA games. Okay. It's going to go neutral site. And that works. But this is not a neutral site. This is not the bubble. This is is more like Major League Baseball with the home markets. This is exactly. I don't know how you – you now basically have to add value to those three points and say travel is worth a point, crowd is worth a point, like – and then – locker room is worth whatever it might be whatever it is right in the same way that Aaron Rodgers is worth a point and a half or you know or or carry on Johnson is worth half a point or DeAndre Hopkins is like I just go back to this Kev it's a formula that these guys put all the data points in and then out pops the number okay these are not guys going it on their knee-jerk reaction or on the whim it's a damn algorithm and the question becomes how much do you attribute it in the formula and i i i don't know and i think we need to ask john sheeran about that but what do you think about these afc east games where it could play out yeah and i also think now the jets unfortunately for the point that i'm looking to make here are playing another the only new york team i guess um right in buffalo where they've also got things under control contained in state i I just wonder if 
right? If we could have flipped these things around, if the Jets were supposed to travel to Miami, is there a world where they go flip it? They go flip it and let the Jets host the game. They're prepared. Miami, you'll go that way when things are, are a bit safer. I just, I wonder if- and you have that if, with a division matchup. There's matchups with states in question like that that are not. I draw your attention to the Sunday night football game where Texas and okay. California are only gonna play each other once, right? Cowboys, Rams, right. California spiking. So is Texas, right? That game is supposed to open the new stadium uh, in a city that's in trouble right now in L.A. You can't just flip it and then say, oh, let's go to Texas because Houston and Dallas, they're spiking too. Right. But it, it's, a, it's a very specific situation where you're going to be able to even trigger this. You're going to need to be able to vision the game. Division matchup, yeah. Jags, Colts, though, might fit that description. If I'm not mistaken, Indiana's doing pretty well with this. Better than Florida. I'm just – could you imagine a world where yes. they go, you know what, Indiana, you're – Colts, you're home. Now, all of a sudden, again, we just thought, like, if all of a sudden you've got the Colts at minus seven, if the Colts are home with fans, that's a six-point swing. They're now laying 13, and you got them at minus seven? Right. If there's no fans, they pull the three-point swing. They're at a It's 10. like you just teased the line organically. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You just naturally teased it. What? That's crazy. Right. That's amazing for you. Like, that's, it, it, that's one of these things, like, the location of it all. Right. And trying to find the value. But the location, that's a problem now as we sit here on June 29th. Same way I told you about the relatively good news about player testing in the NBA. As we sit here on June 29th for the NBA, I don't think means jack for late July, early August. And certainly the way the curves look state by state in late June is not going to necessarily foretell the way they're going to look like in early September. Right. And I'll mention this as well with the Colts thing because I realized I said this wrong before about focusing on the dogs. No, it's the road teams. I'm just thinking of, you know, those things usually go hand in hand. But even a spot where if you find a road favorite, you could be getting yourself an advantage here. All of a sudden, the three points are taken away and you can start crossing thresholds again. Yeah, absolutely. Another place I'll draw your attention where I think it's a big deal is when you have a Big line. The biggest line on the board in week one is the defending Super Bowl champions on Thursday night opening their stadium. And, Kev, the next things I'm going to say, you know, hanging the banner, passing out the rings, all that stuff. It's a lot different when the energy in that building, when you show the banner, right, or the 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 veteran alumni, great players of the past, make that walk. I'm remembering like Michael Strahan for the Giants walking in the trophy in Week One. Arrowhead itself, one of those stadiums that may be more than three points for the home field advantage. When I see that season opener and the Chiefs are laying a full ten points on FanDuel to the Houston Texans. Now, I get it. They blew them out after being down in the playoffs, right? And we know the Kansas City Chiefs can be, you know, going off like crazy, the legions of Zoom and whatnot. We think, listen, I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl again. Conventional wisdom says that that is not like a hot take or anything like that. But, Kev, if three, three and a half is for home, that's the difference of 10 to like six and a half or seven crossing these key numbers as we've determined. I even think more juice in the building because of any ceremonial aspects of the Chiefs, you know, celebrating the championship. Be hard for me to not take 10 points right now for the Texans in the season opener, especially if I think it may go down to six and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how often they're giving teams three and a half points versus the three. Um, There's a few teams and a few contexts, but hanging the banner in Arrowhead may be one of them. I mean, yeah, and there's also this idea, though, that, like, the banner ceremony can throw things off. Yeah, Kansas so City was seven, right? But, like, this the is a big line and a fans, difference. Like, and that's a whole another question to be asked and, like, do things. And I mean, because the thing is, you're also somewhat handicapping, right, how people are going to react to this stuff. Fair. Right? Like, how do the Chiefs feel playing their first game back in Arrowhead and it's empty. I, you know what Like, that's got to be – that's probably going to throw them off a, a little bit, right? Like, expecting this yeah, hero's welcome. Yeah, let me welcome. ask you this from a, a zoomed-out conceptual. We, for the last month, Kev, mm-hmm. have been saying uncertainty equals variance equals lean to the dog and plus number, right? Sure. 
in as a as a not always, but as a rule of thumb, we have been seeing that value in this uncertain time, right? Yes, but this is the thing, right? Again, we talk about this as case by case basis. Yeah. Could I not offer to you that the Chiefs will now be locked in, not caught up in the pomp and circumstance here, and will look to take this team out right away? Possibly, sure, right? Maybe. And I, I just think that this is where these situations are so difficult to tell. And I will tell you this as well. One of the things that's always difficult when it comes to betting in the NFL is to take points on a team you think is going to lose a game. Now, getting 10 is where you start to negotiate that idea. Right. right. When you're starting to get double digits, you go, oh, okay, I can start to talk myself into that. But that's just the, the belief in the Chiefs is so much, right? Fans, no fans, half fans is where you might start to be like, yeah, you know what? I don't care. I, I have to back Kansas City. I, I just think that, like, I mean, the fact that they did what they did to the Texans in the playoffs is so bizarre to me still, sure. right? And I just think that that still has to sit with these teams. Like, that game, maybe more than any game in the all of week one, has a mindset, mindset handicap requirement that is something that can go both ways. It's a matter of where you land on it. And that's before you talk about there not being any fans. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think about a few of these examples. Like, th listen, another one that may cross the number, and you're right, with all this stuff in the air, right, we're saying maybe a lot, but that's why I zone in on the one thing that I fundamentally know is, like, factual. Like, you're going to get three points for a certain reason, and that reason may not be there, you know, and that's just, like, a kind of black and white thing, so I want to apply that. You're right, like, is it a revenge game? Will they not have the pomp and circumstance? Do I not have to worry about will call tickets? Mm -hmm. You're right. I get it. Do younger players care less because they got less family issues at play? All of those things are all possible. I yeah. know home team gets three points usually, and I know part of that three points ain't gonna be there in and the fans. But another for ne real quick, another game. Sure, sure, sure. Bucks Saints in the dome in New Orleans, yep. right? Four and a half. You back out the dome, which may be another one of those ones, even over three. Like, is this a neutral game? And I'm now getting four points for Tom Brady, you know, in what could be a high-scoring divisional kind of matchup. It's yeah. just. I, I think especially where it crosses the key number, it's a very intriguing thing to try to figure out how much that works in your handicap. Kevin. I told I totally agree. I just also am trying to figure out because you and you said it, it's a part of the home field advantage. Home teams I, in Bundesliga games were still getting added bonuses for being in their building. Right. So the Bucks we Saints see that game, baseball. instead of going to a one and a half point spread maybe it goes down to only a three point spread you're still getting value you're still getting a hook plus right but it that it's trying to figure out how much value sits out there absolutely and that's what we will continue to try to do from now until then it's our job giving you the edge here on sports grade kev another great show in the books the morning after is up next tune in tomorrow we'll keep looking at all these moving numbers and try to get you the value right here on The Early Line. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.